Welcome to the Feral Minds Podcast. You are right where you need to be, and we are glad you're here. Come seek with us as we laugh at what we have known and find direction from what our curiosities demand we learn. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the discussion. And then even if you're at 21, you're 22, and you don't want to go to college, there's another way. There's another way. You can go explore the world. And in doing that, what do you do? You enrich your personality. And how do personality jobs, how, how do they sell? They do very well. There's personality jobs are real world jobs. If you start looking at what you could do, like say, all right, oh no, you came out without a high, with just a high school education. You, there's beautiful careers that can be done in the service industry, entertainment, in arts. How many times have, have we seen a, a, a young child in, a, in some sort of a story or whatever, then they have an artistic passion they'd love to go chase? But you always have that parent saying, no, you can't do that. You've got to find a real job. You, got, you can't play drums in a garage band all day. You don't get to just sit around and be a writer. You have to go do this. What if we gave our kids the opportunity to, to, to do that instead of saying, no, you must have it all figured out and start making money right away? Instead of teaching them how to make money in life, teach them how to find purpose, how to find happiness in life, and let it be okay that maybe that child doesn't leave the house right at 19. Let them go ahead and find their wings, get some underneath them. That's a little bit of the analogy you could see, like a bird leaving the nest. You know, we're not going to go up to that bird and just kick them right out of the nest without letting them go ahead and look around a little bit, stretch their wings some. It's a process of gently nudging. Yeah. And everybody's nudge looks different. We all keep trying to nudge in the same way, it seems. Or at least that's what I feel in society. That's how I felt when it was pressured on me. And I felt like there's one that I hear echoed still from people today doing it to their child. Not everybody's had a kid walk up to them and say, hey, I've already got my early 20s figured out. Don't worry about me. But when they don't have that going, the parent seems to be pushing a little bit of their own insecurity onto the child. Well, we don't want them to fail. With what they're doing with their life. We still have to break that narrative that the purpose of life is to go make money and then figure out how to be happy. You've got to get the money out of the way first. And the best time you can do that is early on. The earlier you start teaching how to be happy, how to live for purpose, instead of teaching how to lock in and be committed to just money, the better off they're going to be. It's a time for risk. It's a time for risk when you have no stakes. Yeah, even in your early teens or in your late teens, early 20s, you don't. You can live on somebody's couch. If, if you think you want to play guitar, go do it. Go do it. Feel it. Feel the struggle and allow the struggle to tell you whether or not your passion is comparable or capable of running with the struggle. And, and I think those are questions that I can't answer for you and mom and dad can't answer for you. You got to figure those out on your own. You got to feel the struggle of the world and you got to feel it banging against your passion. And then you got to mediate between those two. Where do I like my struggle and my passion? And where can I find that space? Because if you find yourself in a passionless job, you can have all the money in the world and we can wink, wink with, with each other. You can look at my Corvette and you can fawn over my Corvette. But if my Corvette is part of a, a operation where I spend a lot of time that I don't enjoy, then really my Corvette is nothing but the betrayal that comes out in the physical space. So I, I spend all this time so I can accumulate this Corvette that you can come over and pet and I can drive around the block at horrendous speeds. That doesn't change the fact that it took a lot of my time in an occupation that I don't have passion in. 
in order for me to physically produce the Corvette that you see in the driveway. Nothing against Corvettes. I think they're beautiful vehicles. But that, that is what I think of a lot of times when I, I start worrying about the money I need to make or the money I have or what do I do with the money or what are my kids going to do with the money. They don't need a lot of objects in their life. You and I are old enough now that we understand that reality. The passions, the things that we enjoy in our life, they're, they're not in objects that require motor oil. They're in objects that have heartbeats. And the heartbeat is where the value is, not in the inanimate object that you gave your time for so you could purchase. The value is in the other direction. It's in the place that does not need you to sell your time in order for you to have financial gain. It's in the place where it just needs your presence. And that's wherever the heartbeats are in your life, they need your presence, not your money. Yeah, the the experience, what you're doing, will always be more important than how much money is in your bank account. One way you can kind of assess your life, if you died right now, would you would you be longing for additional experiences that you could have added to life? Or would you rather have extra X millions of dollars in the bank? I wouldn't have to glare, worry about the glare on my bald head. That's, that's that, If I died right now, I could go ahead and check that one off. But no, we, we want to live a life of experience. Yeah, because at some point, though, seriously, that, that money just sitting in the bank does not do you any good. No. I mean, imagine, I, you know, you, it's not everybody's Scrooge McDuck. It's not how you go swimming around in it. So go ahead and play out the scenario in your head. There's, there's a wonderful show I like, and they touched on this. It's a kind of a guidance counselor deal on office space that he says this guidance counselor sits down and says, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And pretty much the point of the question is, is what I was saying earlier. If you just took money out of the equation, let's just pretend, all right, here you go. Here's the million dollars you were going to go make. Or as you mentioned, with inflation now, it's more like here's the $10 million. But here's all the money you would make. Now, what do you want to do with your life? What, what does your purpose look like now? And to an extent, that's what I've said. I'm looking back at, at my, you know, sitting in my 40s, looking back at my 20s, now still living that, still searching for purpose but to an extent, I would look back at myself at my 20s, and I like this a little a quote that I've gotten and cleaned up a little bit from Tyler Durden. And when I was back then, I was looking for a change in my life. And now, all the ways I wish I could be, that's me. I now look like I wanted to look. I feel like I wanted to feel. I'm smart, capable, and most important, I'm free in all the ways that I was not. Back then, I was still trying to lock in, figure out how I was going to go make all the money in the world I was told I had to make before I could be happy. Kind of how you were going to be enough. Yes, how I was going to be enough. And it took me a long time to get to that point where I realized, hey, I am enough. And having any more isn't going to make me more enough. So when you ask that question, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? For me, when I looked around, I was like, I'm going to try to tell this story of goofy life that I've had up to this point and see if I can help others with it. But, you know, that's not going to be everybody's. Anybody out there has some purpose that they would love to fulfill if money had gotten taken out of the way. And it is not an egotistical drive. There is a very good chance that there is some sort of service-driven passion within all of us. Those passions that we all felt at that early age, but were told you weren't going to make enough money at that, figure some out, real job, now go off and go to college. And at some point along the way, we got so caught up in that and the money and everything else going on in life that we lost sight of where we had our passion at one point, where the purpose was. And at any given moment, you can still find that. 
just because you have maybe lost sight for this long, well, just look at that as the darkness that has now put a laser pinpoint focus on what you know you don't want and what you do. Or if you're sitting there looking at, a, at, your, at your child who's 20 and hasn't quite zeroed all that in, that's fine too. Teach them and expose them to all the choices they have. Don't tell them how little choice they have and to go make that one right away. Try it a lot. Try it often. Now, let's reverse the scenario. If your son came to you and said, hey, Dad, I think I want to go to uh, an Ivy League school. It's, it's only going to be about 225000 but it's okay. I'm going to get a consulting job in New York City. Uh, it'll probably start around eighty, ninety, and this is all going to work out well. Votech's no longer on the table. What, what would you tell your son there? I'd be like, man, it sounds like you've got something figured out. I know you will be the one to figure it out. I can't tell you what you're going to do. And that is a theme I've echoed with him ever since his Little League days. I'm not going to kid you. I had some concern about where my kid might end up as far as a commitment level because as we were growing up in his Little League legs, we bounced through everything. We would do it for a little while until he get bored and go do something else. He did karate, went to one karate tournament, got two trophies, Boom, he was done with karate. We put him in hip-hop dance. That didn't last long. Uh, basketball, we went into that one. We got into Little League. We He's rocked trying that for a lot, a though. Tennis, swimming. So you thought this was going to be a problem. Then. Now, well, that's interesting. So you started out thinking, my, co- my child's hopping around a lot. This can't be good. He's not going to stick anywhere. Because in the realm that we're at with society, like – Yes, he was. So you had to grow as a parent. He wasn't locking in enough. Like, oh well, he's never going to get any good at baseball then, or he's never going to be a, or he's never getting that scholarship from for your D one school for this sport. And and to be honest, none of them are. No, that chasing chasing any of that college dream. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're pushing our kids so hard in little league for is to go is to go try to get that one D one scholarship out of the high school that that they're not going to get. Yeah. It's okay. Let your kid just have fun. I, I the wonder, college recruiters aren't there. <laughs> so I wonder if he forced your evolution because he, he showed you he was a seeker, and at first you resisted that. Now you celebrate it. But at first, and I felt this with my son because he, he's had a hard time sticking on anything. And I've just wondered, well, is, he's going to be one of these guys that just can't, can't find something and get passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is maybe maybe he's a seeker, and if he if he is a seeker, then I need to applaud that because that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is we're not going to change colleges, we're not going to change the fact that the more funding that goes into a college, the more college cranks up the tuition rate. We're not going to change that. We're not going to change the debt that gets shuffled into kids that can be debilitating that they cannot escape for a life at a young age. You and I don't have those capabilities. What you and I have the capability to do is to tell somebody or explain through this podcast that we as adults need to change how we are looking at these institutions. What is the individual doing with their child around the dinner table that can take these facts that you and I have talked about in a, in a bro science fact way that we do. We're, we're as non-factual as, I don't know, the Guinness Book of World Records if it was written upside down. But we, we've just lived a little bit of life, and we felt some of these, I won't call them works. If we, this was a wrestling match, these are works. College is a work. It's a big corporation that has a soft target, and has available debt, and it levers the, the debt of the soft, that the soft target has into its pocket. And there's no check value. We don't talk about tuition caps. 
And so colleges which are funded at 30 40% through taxpayer funding, there's no cap protecting the taxpayer's investment in these colleges. And then the taxpayer's child, they come along and they got to pay again. And it just keeps going up and up because as the availability of funds go up, they just increase the, the cost of tuition because there's nobody telling them they can't. If you had never-ending house prices, there was no balance to that, no balance in the terms of a bank underwriting it, a bank going, wait a minute, you can't pay $600,000 for that house. It's only worth fifty k. We will not support this. That's not there because the debt's never-ending because the debt can't go wrong. The debt can't fail because the kids can't bankrupt their way out of it. So you have people that are willing to sign up to lend them money that they can never get away from if it doesn't work out. That's a safe investment. It's going to fall that person for the rest of their life until they pay it off or till they make some concession. But there's, there's a reality there that, that you and I are trying to illustrate for people that are in a position like you and I are now where we're starting to think about, okay, we walked a life that said we have to have college. And that took us to a certain place. And then we experienced what we thought we got in terms of return out of that college. And now here come our children, and we're going to be honest about this. Instead of just sending my kid to the school I went to, because I want them to get excited about watching college football with me on Saturday, if I disconnect the nationalism that they trigger in you, the, the oath that you take, and the allegiance, and the songs you, you, you engage in after the, the football games. If I take all that out and I just go, what's the best for this kid? It's a life of exploration that may not involve college, and I should feel good about that. Yes, and college, I want to do mention, does have a place where some people, if you know what you want to do, like you already have a passion, because let's think about it. Some some kids, we're talking about kids who maybe don't have their passion figured out and they're not sure. That's the one I'm saying don't send them into college debt if they don't know just because that's what you think they have to. They can go to college later. Nothing to worry about on that regard. Now, the ones who do, you know, there's some technical, some higher level, some doctors. Licensed. Yeah, these licensed are li- licensed professionals, professions, right? And now that, that license. But we need to just stop putting so much emphasis on how great and how much everyone needs to be seeking for those occupations. That's a little bit where we need to open our kids' eyes to how much possibility they have that isn't going to college and going to debt. And there's one other one that I want to mention that isn't the only option either, and that's the military. Too often they feel like, well, if I didn't go here, now this is my only choice. And they need to understand there are wide ranges of choices that can be had in between all of that. And if they don't figure that out at 20, they might wake up and start trying to have to figure that out at 40. <laughs> it's, be- it's really better, ta- better to take the time and get, let's disconnect ourselves from we have to have this figured out by 24 or 26. Like, if you just disconnect from that and you go, okay, what is, what's my child engaged in? If they're out there experiencing something, working through something, they're doing what they need to do. That, that, that's really the goal. It's not, it's not a moniker of what, are, what they are doing. Is that going to result in them making a lot of money? Are they out there doing something? Are they adding to the experience of their life that will continue to direct them? Because we, we don't know where we're going. But it's so incredibly enriching when you come into things that I had no interest. I wanted to be a t-ball coach. Right? When I started as a t-ball coach, I thought this is the maddest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
that that parents are losing their stuff, coaches are losing their stuff. We're we're losing our emotional control at this ballpark, and we're doing in front of these people that we're trying to guide with their own emotional control. And so there's a whole lot of mirror house going on at a ballpark. But what it did for me, when I walked away from it, it prepared me to work in a youth group where now I take that skill set that I I was using on seven, eight-year-old girls, understanding how to engage with them, understanding what held their attention, what they enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy. You, You now have confidence to go work with a different set of youth and a different set of capacity. And so I didn't know I was going to be working with a youth group when I decided to be a t-ball coach, but one dot connected to another. And you had to expose yourself to those options to even find out you did. I had to show up. And I had to show up and go, this doesn't feel great. And then I had to get in that and feel some of these emotions. But all those reps with, with guidance, with coaching girls, with understanding how I can deliver a message without making a little girl cry, all those things – added up to a touch, a finesse, a soft skill that I now use with teenage boys. Now I know how to interact with them because of the experience I had with 7th and 8th grade girls. And so for me it's interesting because I didn't want to coach. My wife made me do it. (laughs) My wife was like, well, you played baseball. You can do it. And I'm like, that Little League makes people nuts. And I don't want to do that. But then I got into it. And then sure enough, I got nuts. And then I found some moderation to it. And then I stepped out of it. But it helped me go on to another place where I serve. And I think it prepared me for that. And I have my wife to thank for making me get out there and do it. But a lot of times it's just one experience will take you to the next, which will take you to the next, which will take you to something you really enjoy. And so you don't get that if you're not out there trying different things. You don't get that if you're taught to be stagnant in life. In, in, instead of resilient, that's that's where you'll get locked in. That's where we need to to teach our kids a different a different mindset when it goes to to looking at life, how they're going to fulfill their purpose. There's a wonderful quote from oh a book that had come out right around I was at the time. It's about 1999, I think, when this came out. You're looking right whenever I'm s- swimming in this realm of my 20s, and it the the quote said, "Don't be disappointed at 20 if you don't know what if you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life." Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't know what they want to do with their life now. And that perfectly describes me. Sitting right now, I still am looking to try to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And I can tell you right now, with the living I've done, I've figured out what I want that to be. When I grow up, I want to be happy. And that, I figured out at 40, isn't hard. All being happy requires is making a living. It's easy to make a living in this world. Now, it's tough for everybody to go out and try to make a million dollars or 10 million, whatever has happened with inflation now. Call whatever X sum of money you want to put out there, and then you can say, all right, well, I've made that, now I can be happy. you got to cut that out of the mix. See, you need to look at money whenever you're trying to pick your purpose. This is what I would tell anybody right now trying to decide what their purpose would be in life. First off, you need to look at your purpose as far as a lens through money about like you would look at it as through food. Are you going to go try and pick the purpose that's just going to throw a pile of hamburger meat down in your life? Like, yeah, you do need food, but you just need enough. You don't need a million food. You don't need a million dollars. Why do we all try to be millionaires, billionaires? Why can't we just teach our kids to be enough heirs? 
Like have enough and then go on living your life happy. And, and we also need to see ourselves that money is not the end game. I'm not sure we, we're done telling ourselves that. <laughs> yeah, so, you got to relearn it every day because it does fight against a whole lot of what you see around you in society. But I believe we've all seen enough money in enough people's hands to realize it's time to start looking somewhere else for our joy. You can wake up every morning without purpose and not know it. Yeah. it it's, it's pretty easy. It's common. But I can tell you something. You can't wake up with purpose and not know it. So today, if you don't know if you woke up with purpose, start exploring areas in your life that have your interest to bring you joy, not your interest to bring you money. And start trying to take steps to where you can expand that one that brings the joy and try to eliminate the need for that one that brings you money, however eliminating that need looks. You have the power to do that. You have the choice within you. No matter how much we were all taught by our parents and society and everything else that that choice was gone at 20, and if you didn't make it right then, you're done. We still have that choice. That youthful option to go and explore and play on this planet Earth in life has never gone away. Just your belief that was there. We also have a duty to evolve in, in terms of how we guide our children. And I don't say this to spite prior generations. But I, I'm saying if, if you went to college to find yourself in a job that doesn't bring you passion, desire, and joy, then we really got to ask, what, we're going to set our kid on the exact same path? Like, we're, I, I went to college so I could end up in a role that I didn't really enjoy because I probably didn't explore stuff as much as I would. I'm going to set my kid on the same path. I, I, it sounds like to me we, we owe it as individuals. Again, you and I don't change the institutions. You know why we do it? Why do we do it? Because we're insecure about ourselves whenever we went through that. The parent has to get past their own insecurities so that they don't parent it into the child. That's, that's what I feel yourself. If you're not okay with the choices you made coming out of high school, then you're much more likely to be that over – bearing parent trying to help your child make that choice yeah, and because you trying to almost like vicariously remake that choice again you want your kid to be like you minus every mistake you made and yeah. you think you're going to go and somehow fix what you did in life by trying to get your kid to do it different lay off of them let that kid live their own life and make their own choices and you just get out of the way and teach them how to live within that life of choice don't teach mistake avoidance Teach mistake management. And, and certainly don't, don't allow them to just walk down the path that brought you to a miserable place in your life. Right. Get them like, off that course. At, le at least give them some inflection left or right. That if I went to college and got a marketing degree and then I showed up and now I've worked at a corporation for 10, 15 years, I'm, not, I'm just not really enjoying it. That's an odd path to allow somebody to walk down the exact same path that you just went down expecting some different outcome. It's insanity. It, it doesn't really work well. And we owe them the reflection of our own benefit. That's how you help the generations. Don't just cast what you're scared of into them, but also show them what, what's the full picture. What has brought me joy and what has brought me misery and what, where, where have I existed between those two spaces? And how can you find something that you like that will get you fired up to go to work in the morning, that will, will continually put challenge in front of you, that is something that, that is already a calling within you. If 
you just jump along enough experiences, one of them's going to stand out for you. Yeah, and I, I look forward to all the stuff we've said here, settling in, hitting the ears of our audience, maybe getting some feedback from it. Because I, I truly do think that this is something that we can start changing the world right now, one youth at a time, giving every single youth the choice to use their own unique expression to make this world a better place. But it starts with the parent not being an anchoring, bearing weight on where they need to be. And also not believing that it's a great choice to lock a child in at a young age into a career path. And we, we, we should stop calling them career paths and call them exploratory fields. What do they, they do? Well, right now she's exploring being a nurse. And maybe six months from now, she's going to explore being a teacher. And we, we don't even have the outlets for young children to go have these explorations. You got you got to know somebody, and then you got to say, "Hey, would it be okay with your boss?" The system should be structured to give kids all these experiences, and so by the time they're nineteen or twenty, they have some idea beyond just reading paragraphs in a book about what they might want to do with their life. That's the evolution that I think we owe the next generation, and I'm stumbling through it myself right now. And I think it's a good thing to do. I think part of our purpose as parents is to continue to evolve as well. Keep we, finding your own purpose to show your kid how to find theirs, like that old drug commercial. I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> be the purposeful living person that you want your children to be. Be the simple man you want your son to be. Be all that you can so that your kid can see what it looks like to be all they can. Help them explore. I think that's, that's really our job is to encourage them to know there's a lot of options out there, and you don't know about them unless you cycle through them in some way, shape, or form. So that's a great topic as we go to wrap this show up. A reminder about the thought line. How do you feel about college? How do you feel about Votex? Tell us your thoughts about where your children will be going. How are you guiding your children through these pivotal moments where we're deciding do we saddle them with incredible debt in the hope that it all works out? Or do we, do we encourage experiment? What are you doing with your kid? We'd love to hear about it. Call us on the thought line and let us know. We would like to thank you for listening to the Feral Minds podcast. Hopefully we triggered some curiosity that will have you seeking more. Remember, your mind is meant to run. Slap some sneakers on that bad boy and take it around the block. If you'd like to connect with us or enlist our feral thoughts on a problem in your life, visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or at theferalminds.com. Also remember, our thought line is always available, 24-7. We don't even allow it to sleep. And we want to hear from you. That number is 866-340-3394. Again, that number is 866 340 3394. We look forward to hearing from you.